Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Welcome back to Take It or Leave It. Today, we are going to be discussing the will of God. We all ought to know the will of God. And just as a review and a few reminders, there is work to be done in the harvest field, but there are not enough laborers. Pray to the Lord that he will send workers to the harvest field. Why? Because the Lord has commanded us to do that. We have to work in labor for the Lord, and a true laborer is worthy of their wages. So if you are working for the Lord, you will receive the provisions from the Lord. It's your divine right. Amen. Just as a review, uh, we have been reading in First Timothy, and we've mentioned before, thou shall not muzzle an ox. So do not deter a worker of God. Let us live the will of God. Let's not just talk about it. Let's live it, right? Let us live for God. Live out the will of God. May we see it in our lives. There should be evidence of the will of God in our lives. Today, people forget that life on earth is only temporary and their hearts are, you know, they're calloused essentially and they're dull and they reject the word of God. But God is clear that life is just a vapor. You ever see a vapor of steam? It's there and then it's not, right? And this can be found in James chapter 4, starting in verse 13. And it says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow he will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away? Verse 15, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. So people plan that they will have forever, right? This is how people plan, like they have forever to live. And that's foolish, God says, all boasting is evil. Why? Because death is certain. Death is certain. So when we say, if the Lord wills, so if God wills, if God wills, what does that mean? If it's the will of God. But as I said in the beginning of this podcast, we should know what the will of God is. How can we know what the will of God is? The Bible. Read the Bible. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 3, it says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants all to be saved, yet today many are too afraid of rejection. I want you wherever you are point to yourself and say someone must go even i point to myself madison someone must go someone needs to speak of the saving grace of jesus christ it's not our responsibility to make people believe but it is our responsibility to speak it's our responsibility to spread the gospel jesus says in mark 3 verse 31 then his brothers and his mother came and standing outside they sent to him calling him and the magnitude was sitting around him and they said to him look your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you but he answered them saying who is my mother or my brothers and he looked around in the circle at those who sat about him and said here 
are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. So there is something to do because God says in verse 35, for whoever does the will of God, there's something to do. There is something to demonstrate. Amen. There is something to have evidence of. Be wise when you plan. Do not live foolishly. Do not say things like, oh, I'll be there, right? If God wills, if you're still alive, essentially, you'll be there, right? God willing. That's what that means. And I want to remind you that you and I, we're not alive for our spouses, our families, our children to buy new things. We are here on earth to serve the Lord. Are you living for the will of God? Or do you just connect that phrase to everyday things like, oh, God willing, I'm going to buy this car. That's not what we mean. Are you living the will of of God. If you live the will of God, you and I will not die separated from God. We will always be with God. Amen. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I mentioned recently that there's something to demonstrate. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4, it says, in my speech and my preaching, we're not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Amen. Today, what we're going to be focusing on is going to be found in Acts chapter 14. So again, the will of God. In Acts 14, it says, starting in verse 1, Now it happened in Iconium that they, the disciples, went together to the synagogues of the Jews, and so spoke that great multitude both of the Jews and of the Greek believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. So here, already in verse 2, others spoke negatively of the disciples and what they were doing in attempt to brainwash, right, and mislead the people so the people wouldn't believe them. Verse 3, therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord and was bearing witness in the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So when we read this, we know that this means that the disciples were performing miracles with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Verse 4, But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews, part with the apostles. Why? Why is there a divide? Because people poisoned their minds. Remember, people were brainwashed. Some people believed and some people didn't. They were primed to not believe. Verse 5, and when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, so they wanted to kill the disciples, the disciples became aware of it and fled to Lastra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, into the surrounding region. And they were preaching the gospel there. So they hear this threat that they're going to die and they just go somewhere else to preach. And this is a reminder that servants of God are not bulletproof. We're not superhuman beings. We have corruptible bodies, right? You can kill us. Though we may be subject to attack, our spirits cannot be attacked, right? And this, the disciples fled, not out of fear, but out of wisdom, right? There are times where you need to flee or even hide. They heard that the trouble was coming and they left. Today, some servants say, I have faith that God will make me invisible. And that's dumb. That's stupid. The disciples were wise, and best of all, when they arrived to the new place, they kept preaching. They kept going. They're not deterred. They're not afraid, right? They have the will of God to carry out. There is something to demonstrate. So continuing on in verse 8, well, we're going to be talking about idolatry in Lastra. And in Lastra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. 
the man heard Paul speaking, and Paul observed him intently in seeing that he had faith to be healed. So what do we learn here? Paul discerned that that man had faith to be healed. Let this be a reminder that we can't force someone to be healed if they do not have the faith themselves to be healed. When we go out, we must discern who wants to be healed, who we must pray for. The Lord will reveal it just as the Lord revealed it to Paul, right? But there was work to do. Paul studied him. He observed him intently, right? Not casually, intently. Verse 10, uh, well, verse 9, it says, Paul observed him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice. So Paul said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leapt and walked. So right there, a miracle. This man who had never walked, leapt and walked. And the people saw this. Verse 11, now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down in the likeness of men. Why did they say this? The Lyconian people, they only knew idols. They only knew idols, right? So the people, having only known many idols, thought the disciples were Greek gods in human form. Verse 12, and Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zeus whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitudes. That's bold. So why did they tear their clothes? This was a sign of humility, right? They thought they were kings and queens and gods, right? And they, they um, kings, queens, and gods, they would have fine clothing, so they destroyed their saying, hey, hey, and continuing on, they were crying out and saying, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things. So what's useless? The idols turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea and all the things that are in them who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness, and in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with good and gladness. So essentially they were like, hey, we're men, just like you were demonstrating the power of God. You know, today there are churches where people fight about who was praying to deliver healing. And what I mean is, if someone has prayed and there's a miracle just as Paul prayed and this man walked, there's people saying, well, who prayed? Who prayed? No, it was her. No, it was me. I prayed. Right? But if you're a true follower of God, you're not going to care about these things. It's not about us, but about the work of God. And again, disciples of Christ don't care about who was praying. And they said, in verse 18, and with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Verse 19, then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there and having persuaded the multitudes. So again, Paul was continuing to preach, right? Because disciples are fearless. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. This is a miracle. So the disciples revived Paul right through the power of the Holy Spirit. And they went into the city and the next day he departed with Barnabas and Derby. So strengthening the converts we're going to talk about in verse 24. And when they had preached the gospel to the city, so again, 
Paul, who was just stoned and raised up, he's continuing to preach with the disciples. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The stones, he was almost dead. He rose up and preached more. Today, people get called judgmental and then they quit. Right? They get challenged a little bit and they quit serving the Lord. But the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, remember. There's a difference. Continuing on. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting to them in faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. And I want to focus here. This right here, this shuts up those who are preaching. It's going to be okay. We know churches today are saying everything's going to be okay. You're saved by grace. No, no, no. You must endure many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. Why am I saying that? Because the Bible just told me we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Life is not about avoiding those who are going to have confrontation with you. We have accountability to speak and to demonstrate. You're not going to be okay if you are not born again. And again, I'm not here to tell you if you're born again or not. Only you know that. God's the one that says that. But I am here to tell you you are not going to be okay if you are not born again. Remember, Jesus to Nicodemus had such a short conversation, and I want to encourage you to read that. But Jesus had a very short conversation to say, you must be born again or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Right? Nicodemus began to question that because he didn't understand, but Jesus shut that down. And I want to encourage you today, do not let others drain your energy and waste your time. How many people did Jesus really convince through his great works, right? And he's Jesus. Many? No, not even 12. Judas betrayed him. Even the disciples hid when Jesus was crucified because they were afraid. Only Mary Magdalene stood at the tomb because she was fully convinced. It's not up to us to convince somebody. It's up to them. If they're going to believe God or not, it's up to them. Continuing in verse 23, and I'm still in Acts 14, so when they had appointed elders in church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they believed. And after they had passed through Poseidia, they came to Pamphylia. Now when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. Verse 26, from there they sailed to Antioch where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. Verse 27, now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So what did we just read? The disciples shared their testimonies. The disciples lived a life of faith. They're looking forward. They're not distracted. They are demonstrating the power of God. Aren't you blessed to know these things happened? Right? Even when we're stoned or beaten or threatened, right? If we are disciples, we still go. Just like the disciples still went. They really encountered these tribulations and they still went. They will go and spread the gospel. Why? Because disciples of Jesus trust Jesus. You know, didn't God part the Red Sea? And isn't that a miracle? And didn't Jesus save Daniel from the hungry lions? Wasn't that a miracle? Yes. Yet still some who saw these things in person still did not believe. The demonstration of God's power is evidence of belief, right? And still this may not turn the hearts of God. But remember, 
Remember Mark 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's Mark 16, starting uh, in verse 17. Signs shall follow those who believe. So when the Red Sea opened up, that's demonstrating the power of God. It wasn't man who did that. It was the power of God, right? We read in James earlier about not boasting about tomorrow because boasting is evil. Speaking about if God wills, God willing, yes, I'll be there. If I'm still alive, I'll be there. We are just vapor. We are here one moment and then gone in another moment. I want to encourage you hear this and to be encouraged you should feel encouraged to know these things tomorrow is not certain if you don't follow jesus it's foolish to think tomorrow is always coming we can see the faith of the disciples and what we read they are living without concerns right likewise today if you follow god you don't need to worry about tomorrow tomorrow shouldn't concern you even paul was stoned and he rose up and he continued no fear no concern the demonstration of the disciples justified their faith. They carried out the will of God. And remember, what is the will of God? For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. So the will of God is for all of men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So we as disciples are confident, right? We're confident and we are equipped with the power of God to carry out his will of spreading the gospel. Amen. Why? Because God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Jesus wants all to be saved. He wants you and me. He loves us and is warning us of our fate, showing us examples in the Bible of how we ought to be living. So today I encourage you, demonstrate the power of God because this is the will of God. Repent and be reconciled with God today. I want everyone to have a relationship with God. And again, I'm just here to say what Jesus has already shared. We should be encouraging and uplifting those to make a choice to follow him. We should be fearless. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be. And he is available for you and me today. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.